journey. It's time to talk with Liz and Peter. Why do I have to say good morning, my love? It's my favorite. Good morning, my love. Good morning, my love. Whoa. Whoa. How's it going? We had a slow start this morning, but it's going well. I know, I'm totally going to go back to sleep after we finish recording this. Are you serious? I'm my table now. Why are you so tired? I'm a little hungover. I knew you'd make that face. It's the face of judgment. Judgment face. Sometimes Peter gets a little drunk, or a lot drunk. And then he gets in fights with people on the internet. And then he wakes up and he looks at his Facebook feed, and it's a war zone. Yeah, he's kind of a tragic troll on the internet. It's like... Emphasis on tragic. Yeah. Low-key. The most tragic. I love you. I love you too. A little troll. I am the trolliest troll. Anywho. Speaking of trolls. Yeah, like... that's actually an incredible segue into what we were <laughs> going to talk about today. So, at a point you wanted to talk about gamers and gaming culture and... I, without doing a ton of research by myself, I'm just going to give you my version. And I think it might be pretty representative of most Midwest, middle middle to working class kids that are in my range. Like, If you were born in the late 80s, early 90s, what I'm about to describe is probably what you experienced in video games. So... Unless you had a computer, you had never really talked to the people that you were gaming with until the first Xbox, which had, I think it had Microsoft Live or something like that. And I just remember you could hook a a headset into your controller. And Dreamcast had that feature, I think, before Xbox, but nobody really had Dreamcast, so it doesn't really count. For what we're talking about today, being able to talk to the people that you were playing games with really started in the early aughts, I would say, with the Xbox, the very first one. And it was not good. It was not a good thing necessarily for, like, I mean, some people made friends. Some people still have those friends. I have friends who have made friends online, starting on Xbox, moving on to private servers for games on PC, and then actually meeting up in real life. Reed, for example, he went on a road trip to go to a huge house party with like a dozen guys, half a dozen, well, between half a dozen and a dozen guys that he used to play video games with over the internet. That's dope. I know, right? That's pretty cool. That That's like the nice side of gaming. That's, you know, we make friends, we visit each other. Uh, I actually know two people who got married because they met on a Ragnarok online private server because- I know two people who got married because of uh, World of Warcraft. There you go. So those are the nice examples, but yeah, most of the internet's not nice. Most of the people on the internet are assholes. So or, I was asking, like, what prompted this was I was asking people, asking Peter, why do like, he made an allusion to people saying the N-word on games, like, mm-hmm. on live games, and I was like, what are you talking about? What's wrong with people? And he was like, whoa, 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 you don't even know. Let's go into the history of this. So yeah, that's the quick version of saying gamers are mostly a toxic bunch. They're mostly men, predominantly white, love to say the N-word, love to be anonymous. And that's what gaming really gives you. If you have an anonymity in 
any kind of social sphere, chances are you're going to find a whole bunch of assholes. And Xbox was the place where I first encountered a ton of assholes, where the, f the first time that I had heard people I didn't know liberally throwing around expletives, pejoratives, the N-word, stuff about Jews, especially stuff about women. And it was not a good thing, really. And I feel like I've grown out of it. Most of my friends, all of my friends have grown out of it. But that culture is still there. It still exists. So I'm imagining a bunch of people who, like, I'm thinking about, like, some of the psychology and stuff behind it. Like, these are people who may not be assholes in real life when you have social pressure and you're not anonymous, but because they're anonymous and there's lacking that, like, social awareness and pressure to conform, they're, like, devolving into assholes because it's online and yeah yeah and if you're playing a game it gets competitive people get their emotions caught up in stuff because the way i'm th i think i tend to think about things kind of like evolutionarily like the way our bodies are like the way we were socially developed in like small communities you knew everyone you don't um we were talking about this the other day you don't speak poorly of your neighbors you don't speak poorly of the people in your community without good reason without the community then backing you up because otherwise you ostracize yourself, you know, like it's it's advantageous to you to foster healthy social relationships for with those around you. Think about like small town America today. But I'm thinking about the Internet as like this new place that doesn't adhere to the same rules. And that's why we see so many assholes who may treat the people in their actual lives way better. But like. Like, sometimes, like, the way you interact with people on, like, Facebook, that is not the way you interact with people you disagree with in real life. It's just not. Um, I've seen you disagree with people. It's just not quite the same. So are you saying that on, like, with the development of the Xbox, Xbox Live, like, this gaming culture mm -hmm. where on various gaming platforms you're able to speak live with other people, people just didn't adhere to the traditional social standards any longer, and then... It opened doors to saying things they would never actually feel comfortable even saying in their daily life. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good assessment. Uh, most of these people, when you get them face to face, are kittens. When online, they're lions. You know, uh -huh. that's that's probably a good way to look at it. If you are not in proximity to someone, they don't know your name, they can't see you. It's really easy to dehumanize others and oh. feel as though you are on a different plane mm -hmm. or that your interactions don't matter. Or... It's like you're the only one that's real. In, in a that way, moment. yeah, yeah, in a way, because everybody else is just names on a screen, sounds over a headset. What are, what are they really going to do? You know, and and what they're going to do is has evolved over time. Mm -hmm. It used to be you would just trade insults back and forth. Do you know what swatting is? No. Have you ever heard of swatting? Swatting is when someone calls the police on you and says that there's something going on that's so bad that requires a SWAT team, and they convince the police in your area to break into your house and perform a SWAT operation. So that became really big in gaming culture for a while. I don't know if people still do it, but... If you didn't like somebody, you'd 
basically call the police on them and get a SWAT team to go into their house and threaten their lives. Not literally, but, like, kind of figuratively. Like, that's fucking hilarious. That's, like, hilarious. Like, you know what I mean? Not in actual practice, you but, like, You would do so well theory, on 4chan. I think that's so funny. <laughs> it's fucked up. No, it's fucked up. People, you like, can lose your that? life over that I, stuff. You can lose your life I'm over I'm aware, that. but, like... Literally, who does that? That is so crazy that it's hilarious to me. Um, crazy assholes on the internet do that, and they've I, done it a bunch. Wow, that is insane. So my question is, aren't these people anonymous to each other? Or You can try to be. If you're on the internet at all, you, people can find you. People can figure out who based you are. Based on your username? Based on a bunch of stuff. Depends on what you're doing. You know, if you... Oh. If you somehow let people track your IP address, if you give out your name, if you're on social media, oh, if you're, so these people are crazy. Like they will hunt you down. They will. Yeah, the internet will hunt you down based on how you'd performed or interacted during a game. Yeah. Okay, I'm just throwing this out there. I don't actually feel this way, but it's my how I feel in the moment. Gamers are fucking crazy. They are. I think you're all fucking psychopaths. Like, hashtag judgment. Hashtag judging you. I think it's super weird. I don't understand. Like, on a level, I totally do understand gamer culture. I have a lot of gaming gaming friends. But on the level we're talking about, I don't get it. Okay, let's, let's unpack it a little bit more. So, if you are... And I'm going to be real stereotypical with this description. If you are a teenage guy in the United States and you maybe don't have a ton of IRL friends. IRL mm -hmm. means in real life for you nerds who don't know. Yep. If you don't have a lot of IRL friends, you make friends and you build community online. Right. Right. But... That has all of the perils that we talked about, the anonymity, the lack of proximity, the lack of humanity. You don't actually have to see those people as people, they're things to interact with. That all being said, I don't want to just paint gamers with a broad brush and say, you know, every gamer is bad, every gamer is toxic. There's been a lot of evolution. Mm -hmm. And that's taken place over a really long time. I see streams now where people are on Twitch and someone will say the N-word or another pejorative, another slur, something like that, and they will stop the game that they're playing and say, who said that? Who's, like, out yourself. I do not want to game with someone mm -hmm. like that. I've seen three of those videos in the past week. Different, different people streaming on Twitch. Trying to have a good time, trying to make money. A lot of people, that's their livelihood now is, yeah. is that whole sort of thing. So to just say, no, I'm not going to do it. That's big. That's putting money where your fucking mouth is. Right. Over racism, over bigotry, over having morals and standards that have a line. So you're saying it's like anything else that has that begins and it's kind of like the wild west with very little rules and kind mm -hmm. of people acting out because there's no like there's no rules of engagement established fully mm -hmm. and now you're saying it's evolved people are more aware of uh, people are aware of what that toxicity looked like and did 
and mm-hmm. um, have adapted that, and now rules have like there are more informal structures and rules of engagement. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes, and I would add to that it's both gotten better and worse. So what I just talked about, those people calling out people in their streams for saying racist or bigoted things, that's cool. In the same sentence, in the same breath, I really need to point out it's also gotten way worse Mm -hmm. in certain ways because now we have, uh, you know, we used to have IRC chat, which was voice chat just over the internet that whole sort of thing now we have stuff like discord and slack and all of these tools that are meant to connect people and in certain situations they connect a bunch of like-minded people who are i'm just gonna say it fucking nazis like these people can be behind essentially closed doors you know a password protected chat room and they can spread their ideology very, very quickly, very, very effectively over a gaming tool. And that is what kind of my next thought was, is when I was kind of jokingly making my statement about not understanding gamers or like thinking they were weird and crazy. What I was kind of actually thinking in my head was when gaming culture intersects with some toxic online cultures Mm -hmm. subcultures like i'm thinking like the dark areas of 4chan the dark areas of reddit Mm -hmm. um yeah uh the like we've talked at length about this before peter but like how some of those like ideological subcultures can develop like that have like kind of women hating tendencies or uh that group together based on being like outsiders in society and like develop this like hateful mentality toward uh certain groups of people Mm -hmm. But when the internet kind of like those subcultures, those darker subcultures interact with gaming culture, that's where like I see like some of that toxicity and that's where I can imagine some of that like swatting behaviors and like mm-hmm. I'm going to track you down and terrorize you. And like to me that that's really interacting with internet subcultures. I mean, does that sound? Yeah. In, in a way, you kind of described Gamergate. Have you ever heard of Gamergate before? No. So basically, long story short, there's a woman video game designer, and she, I think she was dating somebody in the industry. Maybe he was like a play tester. Maybe he just played video games. I can't remember the exact, but he LDR. They broke up, and then he started a slander campaign against her, saying that she slept with reviewers to get good reviews on video game websites as a designer. When she'd never she'd never interacted with these people some of them had never ever reviewed any of her games right so it was just all slander and it kind of snowballed into this thing that troubled young men took as a an example that feminism is killing something that they love Mm -hmm. and it caused a lot of women hating backlash over nothing Mm mm-hmm and, you know, it, it was basically just a bunch of people saying, like, social justice warriors are ruining my video games. And why do you got to put politics into everything? And why do you got to make everything about equality and gender and stuff like that? It's just like, all right, man, you've played as white male protagonists your entire life and you just thought it was default. Mm-hmm. And now we're adding variety to that with women characters or minorities or in the case of, uh, what is it, cyber... Um, 
is it Cyberpunk 2077 or something like that? Anyway, it's a game. I'm probably butchering the name because I don't really, I'm not steeped in this anymore. But the game lets you choose your gender and sexuality and things like that. And just having those choices in a game caused those darker parts of the internet to lose their goddamn minds. Thinking that everything was out to get them, that they're being persecuted, just because the protagonist in a fucking video game is not a cishet white male. It's what the the common sayings, the common saying says, um, when you're used to privilege, equality feels like oppression. For sure, yeah. And if you're if you're a, a white male in the United States, you have been served pretty well by video games your whole life. Pretty much every major protagonist that I can think of is a white cishet male. Or a um, typically a white female who's designed to meet the male gaze. That's, yep, another one. Or you're an animal or something like that that mm-hmm. doesn't have gender. Yeah. So, but the moment that you start having variants in gender, creed, race, Female body types. Right. You know. I'd love to see that. People lose their goddamn minds. And it's just over childish shit. It's just over the same xenophobia, the same fear of the other that's always been there. You know, it the, the same thing that drove 14-year-old me to yell the N-word over Xbox Live is the same mentality that causes gamers to freak out about Cyberpunk 2077's gender options. It's it's the normalization of yourself as the protagonist in everything. And anything threatening that is something to be destroyed. I just think it's important because it's really easy to view some of these people with contempt a little bit. Um, but I think it's important to remember that like, just as someone can become indoctrinated or steeped in a toxic toxic culture or subculture um they can be deprogrammed and like find their way out of that like like most like you said a lot of these young teenagers who were engaging in this behavior online grow out of it Mm -hmm. find um, a better way to interact online and like i think the same is true for people like politically or people who are indoctrinated in really problematic ideology because they don't know any better quite yet. I don't know. I guess I'm thinking about, like, politics now, but it it's hard for me sometimes when I find people with opposing views. It's hard for me not to judge them with contempt, but I'm trying to have more compassion and realize that they can change. And rather than, like, labeling them super hardcore and interacting with them in a way as if like they're a lost cause that I need to ridicule now. Um, just doing my best to either like model the correct behavior or show them the way um, so that they can engage with the world differently. So in my experience, if you are steeped in a problematic culture, having People be understanding is great and it's good and it helps you transition, but you don't begin the transition out of that kind of mentality without something shocking you or something jolting you back into reality. Or like an inner an interaction with a real person of the it could be that, yeah. Of the like of the type of person you were ridiculing in the past, kind of. 
Yeah, yeah. And it's not going to be a one-size-fits-all thing. It's going to be different depending on who you are, what your background is, the things that you're believing, all of that. It's it's going to be different, yet in some ways very, very the same. Because you got to have something that jolts you and says, maybe I am not right. Maybe the things that I'm saying are hurtful or problematic or stupid or whatever. And once you have that moment, then you need to be able to feed that curiosity with something that says, hey, there's an alternative, you know, uh, shout out to the New York Times podcast rabbit hole. If you haven't listened to it, listen to it. It's really good. It kind of deals with this subject that we're talking about. But getting back into what I was saying, if you don't have a model or the opposing view recorded somewhere for you to listen to or watch or something like that, it's a lot harder to deprogram and de-radicalize yourself than if you do, or than if, like, if you never ever see, uh, for example, a trans person living a normal life talking about what it's like to be trans, you might have a whole lot of fear of the other that makes it easy for you to other trans people. Right. Right. But if you go online and you, you know, get into a, a conversation with a trans person or maybe you um, watch some ContraPoints videos or something like that, then you can start to build a background of information that says that informs you better, that says, right. hey, maybe I shouldn't say this homophobic shit or this bigoted shit. Maybe right. it really does mean something. But if you're surrounded by people who all they say is the N-word and slurs against gay people and trans folks and whatnot, that's going to be what you are. You know, there, there's the whole, uh, you're an amalgamation of the five people you spend most of your time with. If you spend most of your time online and the only people that you're interacting with are racist gamers over Discord and shit like that, guess what? You're going to start to believe racist shit, or it's, at least you're going to become more okay with it happening so you need to have an alternative you need to have that same kind of if, if you're a tea bag and you're put into water you want to be put into water that you can that someone can actually drink you don't want to be put into motor oil right and yeah yeah cool thank yeah. you for explaining that to me yeah it, so it kind of weirds me out because this is something that i've been experiencing since I was about 16 mm -hmm. so like 15 plus years now at this point where gaming culture really has not changed a whole lot it's just kids and young adults wanting to be edgy in front of people that they may never meet probably will never meet for internet points or fame or just feeling better about themselves mm -hmm. but there's so much more to it than that once you get off the computer and you interact with people and you have experiences and you build up a background for your actual self not yourself online mm -hmm. that's it's incredibly important but I don't think enough people really do it even if you do it offline there's still that like dopamine you get in your head from doing it online mm -hmm. and feeling powerful in that moment. I mean, I'm thinking about the way people engage with social media mm -hmm. and then they still have IRL lives. Mm -hmm. 